Top of the morning to you. What's the crack? Where's me gold? Welcome back to the Hiker Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Hamilton. As I'm recording this, it is St. Patrick's Day 2022. It is a bright, gorgeous morning in Dublin here. And it's been two years since we've actually properly been able to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. In fact, I think it was the March 17th, 2020, when our Taoiseach, our Prime Minister, Leah Varadkar, said, go home, shut the doors get into your back cave and don't come out for the next two years and here we are we're actually able to celebrate it i've seen videos of people in dublin city uh, crowds out for the st patrick's day parade and while that's a little bit weird it's still a little bit scary um it's absolutely amazing to see just to see people gathering together again and celebrating um i can't wait to get out and celebrate myself so how have you been How's the last week been for you? Have you been out hiking? It's just getting brighter and getting warmer. And I think I'm getting more animated in this podcast because I'm just getting excited about the just daylight. I'm definitely getting old because I'm getting excited about what we call here in Ireland a grand stretch. It's basically the name for the evenings getting longer. It's a grand stretch, so it is. Another thing I'm getting really excited about is... The big update. The big update is so close. It is so close. We're testing it at the moment. I'm so excited for everybody to see this. Uh, Paul and the guys have just been working 24-7 on this and it's it's looking amazing. Cannot wait for people to get on this. If you are interested in seeing what we have been working on, head over to hiker.app forward slash beta and sign up to our beta program where you will get early access to the app. You'll see the app before anybody else and you'll be part of the team that's helping us to make this the best hiking tool available. Uh, Digital hiking tool, obviously. Nothing ever replaces a map and a compass, but digital hiking tool, we're making it, people, and you're going to help us. So head over to hiker.app forward slash beta to sign up to the beta program. Also, we are running a competition on our Instagram. If you head over to our Instagram today, that's your today, i.e. the 18th of March or within a week of this podcast coming out, and check out our competition. It's open to everybody, but we're talking to the thru-hikers. It is thru-hiking season, so you're probably about to take off on or are deep in planning mode for or have already taken off on your through hiking adventure so i'm talking to the pct hikers the cdt hikers the at hikers the arizona trail hikers the whatever hikers uh, all around the world it's 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 time and we're doing a competition for you guys head over to our instagram check it out and and enter uh we'll be announcing the winners on an instagram live in about a week's time so if you're listening to this from the 18th of march to about a week later you are within a chance to win so let's get to it my guest on the show this week is mike brockhurst known around the world as the walking englishman mike has been walking around the uk for the last four decades and has collected quite quite the catalogue of, of trails. He's documented them all on his website, thewalkingenglishman.com, which he developed back in the early 2000s or the late 90s as a way to inform other people and to promote these different trails from around the country. Kind of, you know, way before Hiker even was a glimmer in anyone's eye, Mike has been doing this. He's been guiding people. He's been advising people for the past 20 odd years so i caught up with mike and had a chat and it was a great chat really nice guy really interesting life uh he's got a serious amount of walking under his boots and 
I got to hear about how he came up with some of the trails he's actually designed himself. And you can find these on hikers. Trails like the, the Great British Walk, which took him, I think, three months, he says. Um, yeah, great conversation with him. Hope you guys enjoy it. I will say, I'm sorry about the sound. The, the, the joys of record, recording a podcast from a bedroom. There was some construction going on outside the window, so you will hear some power tools and probably people talking um, at the window. So apologies for that. But I hope you enjoy the interview with Mike Brockhurst, a.k.a. The Walking Englishman. Where are you based then? Uh, so we're based, have you ever been to Dublin before? I have been to Dublin, yeah. Yeah, I so stayed, I, I stayed on House Island for about three or four days, where that famous uh, broadcaster... Oh, okay, House Island, all oh, right. Well, House Peninsula, right on the end of uh, Dublin. Is it House Peninsula? Well, there's Hope Peninsula, all right, yeah. Yeah. And then, Hope, and then there is Hope Island. Yeah, it's it, the it, uh, it's uh, peninsula right at the end of the train line. Yeah. Right at the yeah. end, of, is it the Dart? Yeah, correct. Yeah, the Dart. Yeah. It's the last station on the Dart as you get down that end. It's where that, uh, the, the, the presenter who did the uh, Gay Byrne show, was it? Oh, Gay Byrne. Yeah, he lived there. I didn't know he lived on Hope. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I actually I'm on That's the a long time op- ago. <laughs> on the opposite side of the bay. So All I right. actually I can uh, I'm in Dunleary, which is yeah. uh, the other end of the dart. Right. And when when I come out of my house, I can see Holt from yeah from there. So it's it's right out there. Oh, uh, right. so yeah, Holt, so your Holt playground will be the Wicklow Islands, is it? The Wicklow Mountains. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous. So you you've done a bit of hiking over in. In, uh, in no, no, no. When I when I when I visited Ireland, I was with a friend. It was uh, in the nineteen nineties, and he was he was revisiting his family. He, he he came from Northern Ireland, so we actually stayed in Dublin. Okay, we, we went up into the north, then we toured the uh, the country completely. We went to Galway, down to Cork, back over to Wicklow. We stayed in Wicklow a couple of nights, and then back into Dublin. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose there were my uh, non walking days before I got back into walking. To be honest. Right. Okay. Okay. So you you haven't actually really tasted the the hills of Ireland no, quite yet. I, I haven't, unfortunately. It's something I've always thought of, but yeah. uh, I haven't got around to it yet. There's so yeah, much there, to do. That, that's what. Well, that that's the thing, and uh, you know, uh, the UK is just so full of amazing hikes. Like you, you're living right in the heart of it as well. Like between the the, the two national parks there. Yeah. Uh, and you've got just so like I've only gone over a handful of times. But even what I've seen, I know, is only barely even scratching the surface of what you can actually do in the UK. Well, so, actually, yeah. Within, yeah. within a couple of hours' drive, and I've got, um, I've, I've not just got the Yorkshire Dales and the North York Moors, which are on the doorstep, hmm. but within a couple of hours, I've also got the Peak District and the Lake District. So the north of England, you, you're just blessed. To, in, fact, in fact, you're spoiled for choice of, of, of places to go. An hour and a half, and I can be in the Lake District, yeah. and Scarfell Pike. Oh, that's amazing that's absolutely stunning like we're, we're we're a little bit spoiled over here as well we have the, the morns and the wicklow mountains and we've got the sleeve blooms all within like you know short driving distance but yeah you know you, you, the infrastructure that you have there is just it's it's spectacular and the lake district as well like there's just something really special about the the wainwrights and oh there and is. the views that you have over there yeah there isn't there is indeed well uh uh, in the 1990s, um, when I first started going to the Lake District in the early 1990s, uh, the change in 30 years is unbelievable. I mean, now mm. it's a very, very busy place. It's very difficult to get accommodation. I suppose the pandemic has something to do with that because everybody was tied to the UK. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you, you tied to your own country, your own mainland, and uh, it's made it very difficult, I suppose, for the, for the residents there. There's been actually a little bit of concern about overpopulation of uh, mm. tourism. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it's it. I we definitely would have seen it ourselves with the with the pandemic. The number of people that are getting out and hiking at the time, we were only really focused on long distance trails. But even long distance trails, we saw a huge spike in the amount of people that were getting into that because they yeah. were finding that well, I can't travel, I can't go abroad, so I'm gonna. Yeah go and spend a week, you know, hiking a long trail 
rather than going to Marbella and sitting on the beach for two weeks, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing in a way to go out hiking and everything else, but I never thought in my lifetime, I mean, in the 1990s as well, I went went into Snowdonia and I can go, Mm. I, I could walk around Snowdonia and not see anybody all day. Yeah. Now, they're actually putting, you know, the Snowdonia National Park Rangers are putting restrictions on the numbers going up Mount Snowden. I mean, that's unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I, I imagine that's, that's seasonal, but yeah, because I was I was only there recently, and I I did see the infrastructure there of, you know, there's park rangers kind of like sat outside. You know, they have their their office right outside. I'm sure they're going. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 no, it's been it's been in newspapers. It's uh, it's at the peak times, I suppose, and everything else. But just too many people are visiting. Yeah. I mean, Unfortunately, Snowden's got the railway, so everybody can go up on the train as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's the numbers on top. It's unsustainable, I suppose. But I never thought I'd say that in my lifetime. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, or it's something that just needs to be managed more. But there you go. That, that's, what, that's the consequence of the popular, popularity of walking. It, it is. And it's... It... It, it, we're we're torn as well with with hiker because like we're you know a platform and and same with you with with the website yeah. you're 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 a platform to promote hiking and hi, promote the outdoors and yeah you know I never thought that we'd get to a point where we're like hang on a second everybody like take a step back let's let's either let's you know spran spa, uh, sp- uh, sorry span out a little bit let's go other places let's not all go to the same place or. Yeah, just let let's take our time here. We don't all need to go at the same time. We don't all need to to see these places at the same time. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's a conflict because you really want people to see these places. Well, you, one do, of the... you do. I, I, absolutely, I've had a little bit of a conflict. Of, of, I've had two or three of my walks. Come people who uh, live in the areas where walks have been uh, hmm. have actually asked me to take the page down to take the walk. Really? Down. Oh yes, yeah. I've had a, I've had a couple of instances of of actually taking the walks down temporarily. You know, the yeah. people have been very nice. But they've said, we've had too many visitors coming because of the pandemic. We're going, you know, they're walking in our environment. We don't want them here. So it, 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 it's, it's a pandemic fear rather than the fear of attracting people walking. But some mm. one was um, a, a walk in the North York Lewis near to Hemsley. And it's just a, a nice area in the Howardian Hills uh, where Castle Howard is, for example. But the, these this village, this resident, the residents of this village, just asked me politely if I'd just take it down while the pandemic was still going. Um, so yes, I've had I've had a couple of instances where I've just had to take the pay, and I've done it out of courtesy, of course I have, and um, we'll see how it goes. But yes, yes, wow. actually, people not wanting people to visit has been a, an incredible consequence of this pandemic. But yeah, luckily, we come yeah. out and decide how are we. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we dove right into this. I know I said we don't redo really like the introduction. So, but we might do a little bit of an introduction. So, Mike, do you mind telling me and telling your our, our audience here like who you are, where you're from, and a bit of your background in 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 hiking? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. hill walking. Yeah, my name's uh, yeah. My my name's Mike Brockhurst. I run the Walking Englishman web uh, Walking Englishman website. I set that up in about uh, turn of millennium and about about the year 2000, a little bit before late, late 90s. Basically, because I started to write HTML, I learned about the internet very quickly. Um, and I bought HTML book, books rather than doing the WYSIWYG kind of uh, writing. I, I I learned how to script web pages. Mm-hmm. The reason I did that, I've always kept a diary of walks, of, of what I've done in my life. When I was a young kid, I kept charts. I kept, I kept, I've even got my top 30s from the 19, late 1970s and 1980s. <laughs> of the groups I had at the top. I've always been interested in keeping a log, keeping a diary of what I do. And in the late 90s, I got back into walking in a big way, walking in, in the mountains in a big way. And I just wanted to record my walks. I've always taken a few photographs. So I thought, I've got photographs, I've got walks. I've always put them in diaries. Now I can put them on the web because the web was uh, burgeoning as a as the new medium of communication. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept a diary of my walks on the web. And I put more and more walks on it. To, uh, basically, I started with the uh, York, North York Moors and the Yorkshire Dales, expanding into the Lake District. There was a group of friends I had. I live in Harrogate in North Yorkshire. And I have a group of friends in Harrogate and Nairsbury. We used to go together as a group as well. So it was as much walking as the social experience and the, 
you know, going away and having a good time with the lads. And um, I've such great memories. I wanted to record those memories. I put them on the website. It grew from there. I was just putting more and more on. And then I started to get feedback from people who were reading the walk, says, this is really good, Mike. We really like the way you're putting things together. Because I don't write, it's not a route guide. I don't write route mm-hmm. guides. I write, I write stories, I write experiences of what I've been doing. If I go up Scarfell Pike and I climb up uh, Lord's Rake, uh, which is an awful street slope to get onto the top of Scarfell, I tell people about it. And I tell mm-hmm. them at the top of Lord's Rake, you're exposed to a really uh, exposed path that you have to cross. And if you look down and you look vertical, you're going to suffer. So I tell people the stories about yeah. how, how, how I have really experienced it. And people like that. And from that, it's just grown into, uh, you know, the website it is today. Yeah. I've just, I've continued to explore. As, as the years have gone on, I've moved from the Lake District to move to the rest of Great Britain. In 1994, I did my first long distance walk, which was uh, Albert Wainwright's uh, Coast to Coast Path. I fell in love with long distance walking. I fell in love with the, the, the lifestyle of living as a hobo, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I love it. And I've, I've grown to really, really just, I just have a passion for long distance walking as well. So I like day walks. I like community walks with my friends. I like going with uh, neighbours. I even enjoy going with my wife now, who really enjoys walking with me, as long as I keep them reasonable. And um, from that, we've uh, you know we've, we've decided this year, and I'm doing it for the first time this year. I'm going to do a long distance walk in Europe. Excellent. So I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk the Ryan Castles Trail because I like uh, history as well. I like heritage. Uh, so we're walking from Bonn to Bingen along the River Rhine for 150 miles over 200 wow. kilometers, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. So my new venture, I suppose, is extending into Europe. Excellent. Um, yeah, the, the the website it's become a, a I suppose a behemoth of of content. Like it's it's known by long distance, short distance, just hikers in general all around the UK. Obviously, mainly uh, that's where the majority of the, the information is from. But like we know it over here, I'm sure a lot of people around the world know it as well as uh, you know, like a, a a yeah, just a, a really just a wealth of information about these hikes. And it's it's the thing that I think you you touched on it there about you're not just putting up a map, you know, and like a little bit of self deprecation here because obviously we do <laughs> that's what we do that's what hiker does. Uh, but we, we, we understand that we need to have like the stories there. And that's what you do because people love stories. People love firsthand experience and getting that. And that's why blogs are so popular. That's why your website is so popular. That's why YouTube is so popular now. And like if people aren't just looking for show me how to get there. They want to see someone do it. And like, how did you do it? What was your experience of it? So I can learn from that or even I can just enjoy that. Yeah. I'm sure you get. I'm sure. I'm sure you get a lot of people on your website that just read us just for the. Well, I get interest. I, I, I get ninety nine point nine percent of the feedback I get is complimentary, which is usually humbling. Uh, I also get uh, just before I came online with you, I'm sorting out a, a, a fortnight's holiday for a couple from America who want to walk in a part of England. What they want to do is basically they want to walk for two weeks. But they want it to be linear, but based in towns or uh, into, into nice scenic villages. Hmm. So I put them a few suggestions together: uh, three days in um, Wharfdale, three days in in Wensleydale, three days in Swaledale. Doing a little tour of the Yorkshire Dales. I'm also going to give them the alternative of doing one in uh, the Peak District, one in the Lake District. And people come to me from all over the world asking those questions all the time, and I'm very happy to help because, and I've got. There's a guy, I don't know if you listen to this uh, podcast because I'll send him the link afterwards. But there's, got, there's a guy called Cregan in Australia who I've never met. He's 72 years old this year. He's coming over to England. He's going to ride a BMW uh, motorbike. I don't know what these superbikes and everything else. But he's touring around doing lots of walks in Britain and specifically contacted me to do a walk with me. So he's going to come and stay in Harrogate for two, years, two days with me. I've never met him before. I've met lots and lots of new people and new friends through the medium of the website. 
It's wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's something that I, I I talk about quite a lot on this. It's 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 common in in the world of hiking. I'm, I'm sure that this is common in other communities, like the outdoors community or like cycling communities or, or anything like that. But like this this as soon as you are recognized as another hiker or another walker, it's it's straight away as a bond. You know, you, you have a yeah. love for, for walking, long distance walking and, and getting into the outdoors. So there's an, straight away, you've got a, a connection with that person. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you were saying about the, your fall, you, you fell in love. So you, you with, sorry, with long distance hiking, with long distance walking. Yeah. And it was the, the coast to coast trail that you did did there. You subsequently, subsequently went on to actually create a trail. Yes, I've created, um, I've created a number of trails. I, oh, I, sorry. Yeah, I've, I've created... The first one I did, I created, was the uh, Dale Celebration Way. So the Yorkshire Dale Circular Walk. Yes. Um, it's designed to last a week. So I, so it gives people the, the ability to walk the best of the Yorkshire Dales in a week's leave from, from work. And it visits it, it visits it visits eight villages or towns within that week. So you stay in a village or town each day, mm. uh, and you also go into four or five different dales. You go into Malamdale, you go into Dentdale, you go into Wharfdale, you go into Wensleydale, you go into Swaledale, and back into Wharfdale again. So it starts and finishes in Skipton, which is called the Gateway to the Dales. That was my first one. Uh, then um, my my other life, I was. I worked in the water industry all my life. So I started in the water industry as uh, lane water mains in the late 1970s, early 1980s as a young lad. Then I uh, became an inspector in the Harrogate area, which was beautiful because I worked, the, the area I managed that the people I dealt with were in the, what we call the Washburn Valley. It's where all the reservoirs feed into Leeds. So I, I saw the beauty of the Washburn Valley. As a, as a working environment, as my office, basically. Wow. From that, I started to walk in that area in, the, in, in there. Uh, then I graduated into management. I, be, I became head of uh, operations in Yorkshire Water. And then I moved to Balfour Beach and became head of innovation. So I was traveling all around these places and everything else and just seeing the beauty of all the country and that. And it was high profile. By the time it got to 2011, I was burnt out. I was doing a lot of lectures. I was doing a, a, a presenting new strategies and innovations into the water industry. So I went into my office, I stormed into the director. I worked for a company called Balfour Beatty, I'm sure you may, you may have heard of it. Uh, and I said, to, I said to my director, I'm off. <laughs> I'm off, <laughs> enough. <laughs> I just stormed in the office and it was a high profile job. I was dealing with you know managers of industry. And um, he says, what do you mean you're off? I said, I've just had enough. I'm blown out and everything else. I'm going to walk the country. I just came up with this harebrained idea to walk the country. He says, what do you mean walk the country? I says, I'm going to set off from north of Scotland. I'm going to walk to the south of England. I'm not going to bloody stop in three months. He says, go and do your walk and come back when you're finished. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you? Yeah, he wouldn't let me resign. Wow. So he, said, he says, what do, you, what do you need? I says, I know, well, I need six months off. I said, I need a month to repair, prepare. I need three months to do it. I need a month to come down after it from the high of it. So I designed the walk from Cape Roth in Scotland to um, Lizard Point in England, basically the most northern and southern point in the country. It was a variation on the job, on the, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Grove's mm -hmm. end. But I wanted to do the west of Scotland, the northwest of Scotland, rather than the northeast of Scotland, because that's where the mountains are, that's where Sutherland is. That's where there's beautiful mountains such as Benmore and Sullivan and Stack Polly. I love that area. I don't even mm -hmm. know of that wilderness, but it's just so surreal. It's just basically mountains and locks and lockens, and it's empty of people, it's devoid of people. Uh, there's the Cape Roth Trail, which is part of it in the far northwest of Scotland. The, part, the first part of my walk was walking the uh, Cape Roth Trail. People say it's that one of the hardest walks in the country. I can assure you it is because it's difficult, but that was just the start. Once I got to Fort William, I had to keep going another thousand miles. I designed it to go through national parks. I designed it to link up national trails. And I know for a fact that more people have done it since I did it because to get in touch with me about doing it. 
And that's, wow. that, that, I call it, I've called it the Great British War. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it, it follows the Cape North Trail. It goes north to south. It goes south to north if you want to. It follows the Cape North Trail. Uh, and then it hits the West Island Way. So basically, you can use the Cape North Trail, West Island Way, to get all the way from north of Scotland into Glasgow. I followed the Clyde Walkway from through Glasgow uh, to Scottish Borders, followed part of the uh, southwest coast path. That got me to the Lake District. I didn't want to do the Pennine Way. I wanted to make a variation to that. So I cut into uh, Cumbria, walked part of the Cumbria Way, cut across into Yorkshire, met the Pennine, Pennine Way, walked the Pennine Way, uh, the southern half of it. Then it joins the uh, limestone trail, which took me to the south uh, tip of the Peak District. Then it joined the heart of England Way, that took me all the way around Birmingham uh, onto the Cotswold Way, which I did all of. And then I did the West Mendip Way, and then I walked through Dartmoor and Bodmin Moor to get into Cornwall and down Cornwall to the Point. And it was just the most marvellous three months of my life, 10 years ago. That's absolutely spectacular. Right, so that was it, that, it. Took you three months to walk that entire trail. It took me eighty-four days. Wow. Yeah, I, I planned to do eighty days. It took me eight, uh, eighty-four days because I spent four days in bed with. with uh, I, I had healing packs on foot and I couldn't walk for two or three days. Wow. Okay. After the Cape Ross um, Trail, uh, because it, Cape Ross Trail it isn't paths. It's over mountains, through bogs, over yeah. lockens. Uh, once I. I, I did too much. I did twenty-five mile one day in one day on that st- on that stage of the walk. I just overdid it, and I got mm. into uh, I got into um, Fort William and just went into the uh, digs that I'd arranged uh, for one night. I was there three days later, <laughs> but luckily uh, on that on that walk, my wife, who I call International Rescue, came up and rescued me. See, I, I finished the walk, but the reason I could finish the walk and catch up those three days I'd lost because she carried my bag. She took my bag and, and moved the car around so I could walk the West Island way into Glasgow and catch up the time I'd lost without a backpack on. So I basically power walked the West Island way into Glasgow in four days after I'd recovered. Wow. The West Island Way is, is uh, was it 100, 100 kilometres or so? Yeah, it's about uh, 70 miles, yeah. And it's hard work, and, and especially yeah. on the side. Of, people think you walk alongside Loch Lomond and it's gorgeous. You're going over rocks, you're up and, uh, over gnarly, blooming oak forests, little woodlands and that. The path just weaves around trees and over, over um, where, you know, the roots are exposed. It's, it's hard work. You're hopping all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Just because the line, just because the line on the map is straight, doesn't necessarily mean that the the terrain below you is going to be a nice, evenly cut path. <laughs> exactly. The north, the north half, the north half of of uh, Loch Lomond is as hard as crossing over the Devil's Staircase from mm. from uh, Glencoe into Kinloch Berwick. I mean, it's just yeah, it's uh, it's hard work. But, but but because I was carrying no bag, I was carrying yeah. a, a heavy heavy backpack with uh, tent and that. Because my wife came up and allowed me to walk without a bag, I was able to catch up. Hmm. And, uh, so, and the foot recovered. And after that, so, I was off like a train. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. And you you built up the your your trail legs as well, your hiking yeah, legs on the, yeah, on the Cape yeah. Rath Trail. So as soon as you, just, I'm sure you just went hell for leather then for the rest well, of actually, it. Uh, yeah, once I got down into the south of England, I was covering 20 miles in six, seven hours, no problem at all. Just power walking yeah. all the way because you just the legs were there. Yeah. Whereas yeah. at the start, it, the most difficult part in Cape Roth, the legs were falling down below my knees into lockens and bogs. It was just that hard. <laughs> and, and have, you, have, you, have you seen a difference now since you did that walk? That was 2011? Yeah, it was 2011, yeah. So have you have you seen a difference in the amount of people doing uh, those types of trails, or so the long-distance trails uh, since then? Have you seen an increase, like a, a, yes. I suppose a, a big yes, increase sir. in people? Yes, I have. I, for example, when I did the Cape Roth Trail, I met one other guy in three weeks. I, the, 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 me and him, and that was it. And he, wow. was, he was Dutch. And he was he was on the middle of a hill, and I nearly fell over him uh, in shock because he was bent down. It was, it was stormy. He was bent down trying to cook his uh, breakfast. <laughs> Soup in a can on, on the primer stove and that. And he, and he, and he was just funny. And I just met him there uh, 
and in the other three weeks, I never met anybody. But I know the Kirkmouth Trail is now a popular trail. More and more people do it. Hmm. Um, the, the magazine, The Great Outdoors, they do a great outdoors challenge every... It's, about, yes. it's coming up soon, isn't it, I think, where they cross Scotland and choose their own routes to do it. These mm-hmm. kind of challenges and these kind of camaraderies that develop these challenges, I think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. What I like as well is that I'm now um, approaching, well, I'm only one month away now from my state pension in the UK. And yet I read the stories of people who are doing that great outdoors challenge. All of them are septuagenarians and above. No, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see the people in their 70s and even into their 80s are taking hiking up as a, a pastime to enjoy yeah. retirement. So it's not just the youngers, younger people who really enjoy it. You've got a great, and I think a growing old generation who take hiking very seriously. Yeah, well, like I, I think one of the biggest things uh, that has impacted the outdoors and, and, and hiking is is social media. Yeah, uh, social media has had a massive impact on that, and the likes of Instagram that are doing that. But I, what I think is also happening is the. Uh, other media outlets, the news, the traditional media outlets are also picking up on this because that's what's happening in social media. And that's then having a, an impact on, on older generations or even the, the children of the of the older generations that are kind of saying, would you not go out hiking? It's just down the road. Would you not go and let's let's go for a walk in the hills. Let's go for well, a walk not, in the mountains. It's, it's, it's not um, so I think there's, there's it, it is, it, it, I think there's a, a huge surge in, in in younger generations, but there's a, there's definitely an uptick in in older generations as well. Yeah, I, I mean, you can you, you say that reflects in the media and television. It certainly does. When I was watching, uh, if you go back 10, 15, 20 years now, it started mm. with uh, the likes of Julia Bradbury, didn't it? Yes. Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, if you watch these winter walks programs, all these walking with people programs now, BBC particularly do them well. That people like mm-hmm. Dick Reeves doing a walk. No, mm. Tim Moyer. Well, and he, he talked about his tinnitus in his ear and how he, he, he misses bird song, but he loves the outdoors and everything else. So they had Jim Moyer. They did that. They had um, that Steph uh, of the Breakfast Television and they have a lot of poets. Lemmy Siskin, Siskin, I forget his name. And let me snick it, is it? And uh, and more doing these walks. Selena Scott and lots of other people as well. Uh, even Nick Grimshaw uh, from Radio 1. I've watched them all. And they're all mm-hmm. really interested. They're all outdoors. They're all enjoying a walk and saying, how brilliant this is. How they yeah. lead such a hectic life in the media. And they're always on demand. And they're always being seen by people. Yet they can go for a walk and be completely innocent like everybody else. Yeah, you know, it, it, you know it's, it's funny. I I looked it up there recently of like you know, uh, famous people who hike, and uh, you know just you know celebrities that that you know they're not involved in the outdoor space at all, and yeah. a, a lot of politicians, yeah. a lot of politicians like Theresa May is a big long distance walker. She's hiked the Pennine Way. She's hiked yeah. a number of different trails, and there's a lot of politicians there and and old radio heads and. It's uh, it's 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 wonderful to see because that's just it, it. That is the outdoors. It's it's it's. It, there's no. It, you don't have to be a, an expeditionist. You don't have to be, you know, an athlete or anything like that. You can. It's 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 for everybody. You know, no, if, you got, if you can, if you're yeah. blessed enough to walk, you can go. You can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just. I mean, for me, and I know for a lot of people as well, it's a head clearer. Hmm. It's where I my imagination thrives and where my ideas come from. I my ideas come and my uh, 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 I suppose my inspiration comes out on a walk because I can be walking, I can be thinking, I can be seeing something. And not only that, my, some of the greatest events in my life as well. I mean, I was walking uh, in Scotland last time I was up in Scotland. I did. I went up for my sixtieth. I walked up Sullivan Mountain on my sixtieth birthday. That's what I wanted to do. I was walking around Loch Marie, and I suddenly had, I, I had this feeling that I'm being watched and followed. I turned round, and right behind me, walking behind me, was a deer. <laughs> <laughs> a wild deer. And he was just, he was, 
you know, obviously it, it, it was one of these that probably become used to people walking around the lake, so it wasn't as frightened as most, but he was just he was following me. And as I turned around, he just stared at me and uh, it allowed me to walk up to it. And I just thought that was incredible. You know, they wouldn't yeah. get that normally, but it's just incredible to do. I, I once walked around the corner and saw two weasels having a fight on the path of two little young little weasels playing as, as well. And and for 30 seconds, they didn't notice me because the two were involved in playing with themselves. And they just looked at me and shot off. But yeah. that 30 seconds was just magical. Oh. And, and watching Dippers play, dipping into the water about this time of year now, it would be very good to do that as well. Mm. It's just, it's just mad, it's me. It's, it's, it's mad, it's like, like, yeah, the, the world or, or nature just, just knows that you're looking sometimes. It's like, yeah. we're going to put it on a show for you here. You you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. So those kind of, you're not going to get those instances unless you go out and enjoy yourself and just yes. take the time to enjoy yourself out in and the great outdoors. I mean, we've got beautiful countryside around us, haven't we? We are, mm. we have in, in England, Scotland, Wales, and in Ireland. We've got beautiful green spaces. And it's just it's just wonderful to behold. It really is. So on the let's say on the let's go back to the the, the Cape Wrath Trail. Um, yeah. You spent three weeks on that trail. What was it like in terms of I suppose solitude? Like where where you is, is it far between towns? Is it far far away from civilization at times? Are you spending multiple days carrying food on your back and reserves on your back? Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, I did find accommodation in some places. Uh, but there the, the were there were stages of the walk where there's no accommodation between them. So two or three days, I'd have to I'd have to stock up and camp out two or three nights. It was inevitable. It, it was unavoidable. I had to do it because there was no mm-hmm. there was no place between and everything else. Uh, for example, from when you get past Ullapool and head towards um, is it Kinglock Kinglock Leaven or wherever it's. It, it, um, that area was about 40, 50 miles of tough terrain without any habitation at all. You didn't get mm-hmm. you, nothing, not even a shop. You're over mountains. You're passing Ant- Antelac. So you, the mountain of Antelac is, is a great uh, uh, sight to behold. You pass that. There's nowhere. There's no habitation in that. And you're walking through the Dundonald Forest at Loch Ned and that. Camping near not lot needed was was marvellous, but you, there's nothing. You've got to keep going until you hit the, the coast on the other side. So that was yeah. There were there were stages of it where you had to carry your tent, and it was a wonderful experience doing that. It really was. Yeah, yeah. And compared to nowadays, where where there's uh, the, the the whole lifestyle of ultralight, uh, where people are, are are measuring, you know, they're chopping down their their toothbrush. Yeah. And you know, not bring, or bringing basically a piece of tarp for their for their tent and yeah. almost cellophane for their uh, for their sleeping bag. You know, is that something that you ever see yourself getting into? Well, well, not at my age, but if I was younger, I would have done. But I mean, I was kind of like tent anyway, and I like sleeping bags, so if, if I yeah. moved, I was kind of as little as possible. Um, yeah, because one one of the I didn't mention one of the inevitabilities of camping in Scotland is the midges. So, yes. <laughs> so every night I was in the tent as soon as it started, as soon as I could. As soon as I got the tent up, I was in it because yeah. you just got the attention of the midges all around you at the time. And this was early May and they were already out then. In the morning, it was even worse. I camped under um, near the sound of the Falls of Blumach, which is one of the most famous. It's a gorgeous waterfall it's a waterfall that falls into the ground you don't it's not exposed but you can hear it for miles around and everything else wow so i was camped i was camping near it i got up the next morning as soon as i got the pulled the, the, the zip down on the tent all the midges decided to join me for breakfast and <laughs> use, use me for, for breakfast so so i'm choking you know i'm chucking the net on me onto my face and i'm wrapping the tent up and doing everything you know kind of in disciplined manner, just to start walking and leave them behind. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, the, the, the lighter you are, the lighter you know, the less you're carrying, and, and the quicker you can uh, set up camp and decamp. It's yeah, it's it's essential, especially yeah, in places I, I, like that. 
Yeah, I've only I've only ever been told about the midges. Obviously, we get pretty bad midges over here as well, yeah. and up in the the Mourn Mountains up in Northern Ireland. But I have, I've only been told and, and I've heard the stories of the midges, how bad they are. In, have you in, not in seen Scotland. a Scottish midge? Have you not experienced a Scottish midge? I've seen I've seen on video. I haven't seen it firsthand, and I'm planning to go over to Scotland in uh, in May or not All May. Right. Sorry, in 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 June. Yeah. So. I'm sure it's going to be really bad at well, that time of the year. It, 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 very funny story. The first time I time I went to Scotland, I went. I didn't go walking. I went on a. My wife and I went up in the mid mid noughties, about two thousand six, I think it was. We went up there, just on a bit of a holiday, just uh, travelled around Scotland and that. We got onto the Pass of Glencore, going towards the Three Sisters, which is the famous mountains at the top of the hill. And as we were approaching the uh, car park at the top of the hill there's a big bus there and it's parked the big bus is parked and all the passengers are out of the bus photographing the three sisters you know there's three for it and they're all they're all japanese i can tell you, you can tell as soon as I could, we pulled the car in we thought they're all japanese and then i thought it's strange i said they're all rushing back into the bus with you know waving their hands about and everything else and um they'd been attacked by a midge swarm <laughs> <laughs> so the midges had found this group of people and they laid into them right yeah and they were all running back into welcome the to scotland <laughs> oh, welcome to scotland yeah yeah they're really hard and it was so, so funny so my wife and i pulled up the dirt car and i thought well i must take a picture before we go on the three sisters and i didn't want to take it through the car windscreen so i i just wound the window down to take the shot and as soon as i wound the window down there was about a thousand midges in the car and uh, so <laughs> they sting they really do you, you won't believe how much a little tiny insect that's microscopic can can, can bite and anyway so close the thing we found then we drove to fort william from there we found that if we put the air conditioning on it subdued the midges right mm -hmm. so turn the air conditioning we were freezing in the car as soon as we turned the air conditioning off they revived and they were back flying around the car. So that was that was quite funny. Um, so midges, but I've also noticed that when we did the when I did the uh, Great British War, the midges now are every year getting further and further south. Oh, oh yeah, I suppose, yeah, with, so, with the, so the change of the climate, all right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're into the Lake District now in, in England. Midges are not uncommon in the Lake District in England. Uh, it's not so bad, and, the, 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 you know, they're not the recent this is the kind that they are in Scotland, but they are there. We, I've, I've spent one night in the, uh, camping on the fells in the Lake District and had a midge experience, just the same as I had in Scotland. <sighs> so watch out for the midge. Yeah, we need to. We need to. Like, someone needs to invent some sort of like air conditioned, you know, suit for people to walk around in to to make to to subdue all the midges, or just walk around with a a fan constantly blowing a light breeze so it it keeps them away from it's you. It's part of the fun and it keeps the numbers down, I suppose. But no, no, I have an affection for the midge. If you can handle them, you're fine. If you keep walking, you won't yeah. I wonder is this now? This is a bit tinfoil hat, but I wonder is this something that's uh, done by the national parks to subdue the numbers of people that are coming to the national parks? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but uh, skin so soft—that's what they say, don't they? There's this uh, Avon skin so soft cream that everybody recommends for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. so. Um, it don't have a huge amount of time left here, but I wanted to ask you, um, you're, you've got a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience uh, out on the, on the walks. Actually, I want to ask you two questions. First yeah. of all, is there any plans to write a book? Uh, well, that's where I keep being asked by lots and lots of people. And uh, probably I may do that. I think... Uh, at the moment, I spend so much time writing on the on the web on the on the computer that mm. my time's taken up in writing, updating the website. I've got three years backlog of walks to write upon to the website. I did the Thames Pass last summer you know, because uh, there was a relaxation on COVID rules. I was I was able to walk the Thames Path. I haven't even had the chance to write that up yet. So there's that to do. There's more and more to do. But I'm thinking that maybe I want to 
because I'm now expanding into Europe and walk, Germany I'm focusing on the moment. I'm even learning mm. basic German, believe it or not. So I'm taking uh, basic German courses. I, and because I'm walking the Ryan Castles Trail with my wife, and because it's very, very rare, you can't find anything on the internet about it at the moment, and other uh, European walks, I may start with that as a mm. theme for a book. Excellent, uh, okay. Yeah, so that, that's, it's possible that I will, and it's possible that I will do maybe uh, a best of walks with the funny an- anecdotes of some of the walks in the past as well. Um, yes, so there is a possibility there will be a book in the future, or a number of books. Yeah. But or at least you can have a how-to guide, how to avoid midges. Yeah, or how to avoid midges, but no, just the funny anecdotes of things we've done and everything else. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted, I also wanted to ask you, uh, it, this might be a really hard question, but do you have a favourite? Is there a favourite trail, a favourite hike that you've done? Well, the Great British Walk has got to be the favourite. Because okay. it, just, it, it took so much planning, uh, it was the unique route. I met so many people during the walk. I made new friends on the walk. It, it was my first blog I did, so it, it, I was followed live. I just started doing Facebook then as well. I mean, I've now got to get on for about ten thousand followers on Facebook, which uh, is wow. is huge, and I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm flattered by this as well. Um, but I started, uh, so I started, when I started Great British Walk, I started Facebook at the same time. I met new friends. There's Tim from Kendall, there's John from New York, there's people down south as well. I walked all of the English part of it with my, my best friend Steve, and other friends joined me on stages as well. It, Steve wouldn't do Scotland because he didn't want to do midges. He says, when you get to the border, I'll meet you. Uh, and uh, even my wife and friends joined me for stages of the walk as well. So the Great British Walker has to be. Mm. But every long distance walker do, there's always special moments in them. And I just love doing them. And I, I just, last year's 10th path was spectacular because I met different people. I met lads who, uh, one of the funny things, I met lads who'd served in the army for years and had been on, you know, had been on active service camping near Goring on sea you know they've got a big campsite next to the river and they're basically living there fishing every day and watching watching the, the kingfishers and watching life go by and everybody walks by such as myself having a great conversation with them inviting them for a cup of tea things things like that moments like that and meetings like that are priceless yeah. I, met a young, I, met, I met a young couple uh, he was in the army uh and and the lady he'd met in australia and i met them four, four or five days running while i was walking the thames path they were paddleboarding the thames path wow yeah <laughs> so, so as i was walking every day i was walking i was walking with a couple but they weren't walking we were paddleboarding and it was just so it was brilliant absolutely brilliant the memories of that so from that um and all all the others as well, Ridgeway, uh, the Cumbria Way, the Cleveland Way, uh, Dales Way in Yorkshire, all of them, magnificent. And so long distance walking to me is fantastic. And everyone I've had great experience on, but the great British Walk, particularly because of the length and longitude of it, because it was my own design, probably stands out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... You kind of touched on this a little bit as well uh, about what hiking means to you. And it's a kind of it's a question that I, I kind of try to bring up uh, in every episode. It's just like, what what does it mean to you? Like hiking or walking in the hills, what does it mean? It means everything. Uh, it, it, well, apart from uh, life at home and you know enjoying time with my life, what my wife and doing the things that we do together so well. She's getting into a bit, a bit of walking and she retires this month. So we're going to do more and more together. It's fantastic. But hiking to me is everything. I can't think of life without it. I can't think of life without walking. When I finish this podcast with you, I'll have a little bit of lunch. And I'll walk into Harrogate through the parks. It's a sunny day today. I'll be out spring. This time of year is tremendous. It, it gets me so excited for life and everything else. 
I hope to be walking, as I said, I'm 66 this year. I hope to be walking 10, 20, 30 years' time. Now, that's, that's, that's a wish that uh, I hope comes true and everything else. But I feel so passionate about it, being outdoors, seeing new life and growth. Of the, all the daffodils are out now and the crocuses in Harrogate are just coming out. It's just a time to, as it were, regenerate yourself and regenerate. Uh, everybody should regenerate at this time of year and look forward yeah. to great times, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it. it well, you're lucky because it's a very grey day here in Dublin. But uh, <laughs> the the past the past couple of days has That's one just reason had... I haven't been yet. It's the weather. It's predictability of having good <laughs> <laughs> I know myself and my girlfriend were planning a trip to uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the west, and you know it, it's it's it, it, I think it's it, they say it rains fifty to sixty percent more in the west than it does in, in on the east. So and it's and the unpredictability. So we're we're fingers crossed. You know we're going to get a weather window so we can well, climb with the mountains yeah. over there. But yeah. there, there is, sorry, go on. With long distance walking, some some of the greatest days I've had have been in the absolute pouring rain because yeah. you've no choice when you're doing a long distance walk and you're on an itinerary, you're on the schedule. You you can't get up and say I'm not walking today. It's it's too bad. I've walked days completely with head down, not seeing anything because there's been so much rain and fog in front of me. And that makes for fun as well. I mean, I've, mm. well, I remember one time coming out of uh, a place called Dryman in Scotland. This was on the West Island Way. It was pouring down. And I was crossing the bridge and this white van aimed for the, aimed, he, he came straight for the puddles and splashed me. <laughs> I actually laughed. I said, oh, I've got all my rain clothes on. You can't do me any harm. And I'm out in the <laughs> <day>. <laughs> So I just, I, just, I just laughed at it. They thought quite yeah. funny. Yeah. Events like that. You just so, em- embrace it. Yeah. You, you just, you just you take do. it, you take it by the hand and you just go, you know what? It can't, it can't, well, it probably could get worse, but it's, you know, it's not that bad yet. So let's, yeah, let's it, just lean into it. Exactly. And, and sometimes on the windy mountain when you're, uh, <clears throat> you're nearly blown off the bugger. <laughs> I've had that as well. Um, no, it's, it's it's walking, whatever the conditions, whatever the time, you must do it. It's good for your health. It's good for your soul. It's good. It's good for everything. I can't. I can't say anything derogatory about uh, enjoying uh, walking and hiking and uh, exploring as well. There's a lot of exploration yeah. that's involved in it. It's fantastic. Doing it really is. And just finally to finish off. Yeah. Um, you have a walk that's called the Great British Walk. Yeah. And one of the other questions that I ask is, what have you learned about where you're from? I suppose your country, about the UK, about Britain, yeah. uh, th- through walking that you wouldn't have uh, learned beforehand? Well, it's, I've never had a bad experience. I've never, been, I've never really been turned away by, uh, you know, an offer of hospitality, an offer of, 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 of help. I think the walking community and the community in general of walking are very uh, helpful towards each other. Um, and that's that's great. But even everywhere, everywhere I've stayed, the people I've met, some, some I once stayed in, um, uh, when I was doing the Great British Walk, in a place called uh, Mormon Smith, it's it, it was, down, very down south in the house. And the lady I stayed with was, was in her 80s and everything else. But she was so accommodating. She was, she was so helpful to me. So it, it, it's in general, everybody you meet, without fail, maybe the odd one here and there that's been a bit grumpy and had a bad day, but generally, you're just experiencing meeting people and, and enjoying people. And the community spirit uh, and the camaraderie of, of the walking fraternity and all those who support the walking fraternity you know, all the accommodators, all, 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 the, all the service providers. It's, it's marvellous. It, it's, it's, it's heartening to see. It really is. Mm. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good, it's it really is. We, it's a good world we live in. Despite what we hear on the news sometimes, it's a great world to live in. And the world of the outdoors is one of the best of all. It is, yeah. And I think it's, as to kind of to top it off, like go back to what we were even saying at the start, it's, it is this common language and when you're walking and when you're hiking, it, it's, it, 
immediately you have this bond immediately you have this 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 connection because you know someone hopping out of a car versus someone walking into a town with a big bag on their back yeah you know you're probably going to wonder where the person is with their bag on their back versus where the person is coming from in the car you know because they they just got out of a car exactly here's an example Owen we we read so many times of somebody having an accident or or a mishap in the street and people walking by people don't want to know people just go about their own business and ignore the the big person in distress you'll never see that happen in the mountains if you're if not I've I've been in walks in the mountains if somebody's twisted their knee or somebody's lost something or somebody's in a little bit of of distress um, everybody's there offering to help Everybody has the time to stop and, and help and, and, and offer assistance in one way or another. It's a community that depends on people on self-reliance, but also depends on people being accommodating and, and helping and being sympathetic to others. And that's what I love about mountain climbing. I've been on mm. so many walks where I've seen people had a mishap. Everybody's around wanting to help. There's nobody walking away from it. Completely opposite to what you get in an urban environment sometimes. Yeah, so that's what yeah. I like as well. It really is. Well, look, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for taking the time and, and telling us a, f- a few of your tales and uh, some of the walks that you've been on and some of the walks that you've designed um, your top tips for avoiding the midges and, and everything yeah. in between. Um, I really look forward to hearing more. I'm sure we'll be talking at some point in the, again in the, in the near I, future. I hope so. I hope so, and it's been a delightful meeting you. Honestly, you're a great guy. You ought to get over to England and do some walking. Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. Don't worry. You'll see me. You'll be yeah, seeing me. No, no, yeah. excellent. And I, no, no. It's been it's been a delight meeting you, but it's also a, a delight to you know doing a podcast on hike. I, I remember when the when the website was first starting, uh, I offered to do some some help every walks, and it was. I'm glad the hike hike is doing well as well. I'll make sure to include, uh, you know comments to it and uh, have new walks in the future for you no problem at Fantastic. all uh, brilliant and we look forward to seeing your book one day whether whether it be the the the, the, the german walk or it's just going to be your top tips for, for well, well, so well, we'll yeah there'll be, there'll be one the german walk I, I i would like to do but there's also there'll be one to do where it'll be, it'll be probably the best of my walking experiences in my life and that i read there's a, there's a chap you, you want to get on there. Have, have you heard of him? Um, but hold on, let me tell you this guy. Um, he lives in Scotland. His name's John D. Burns. I don't know if you've heard of him. I've heard the name all right. Yeah, yeah John, John yeah. D. Burns. He's a writer. He lives in Inverness. He's a bit older than me now. He, he spends a lot of time going from his flat in Inverness putting a load of coal in his backpack and just staying in the bossy for a night and everything else. He's, ah, well. He's a kind of, you know, and, and he's really keen about rewilding and regenerating Scotland. That's been. So I'm reading a book, his books at the moment. It's just great. And if I can Fantastic. write something like he writes here in this book, which is full of anecdotes and full of funny stories within his notes as well, I'll be very happy. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, look, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, let's keep in touch and yeah. enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your walk today. Yeah, I will indeed. As I said, I'll be downtown. There's not a cloud in the sky. There's not a cloud in the sky, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going as soon as I have some lunch. Anyway, go on. Have a nice enjoy. day, and I'll speak soon, hopefully. that book about midges um i'm terrified about going to scotland this year i I, i'm fully aware that he's not gonna be able to write a book about midges between now and summer um so maybe i should just buy a head net um anyway that's it for this week oh by the way if you're going to be at the uh, the national outdoor expo in birmingham in the nec on the 19th of march i.e tomorrow or two days from now from in my time or in the past in if you're listening to this at some point in the future i'll be there uh, i've got stickers uh, so i'll be potting around and saying hello to people and yeah just seeing what's going on in the outdoor industry so pop me a message on instagram or on uh, facebook or on social media somewhere and uh, say hello okay until next time happy trails <laughs>